welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s and 30s. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach for single women, looking to help them embrace their single life through dating, the quarter life crisis, living alone, maintaining friendships, having a social life, all of that stuff that you might just need a little bit of guidance and help with getting through, with realizing that you're not alone and through just navigating it and being a little bit better about your relationship status because it doesn't define you. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that is particularly close to my heart in the sense of since I found out about it, it has revolutionized the way that I look at dating. And whilst it can still be quite hard to look at it and process it and come to terms with some of it sometimes, there is always good behind it. Now, if you haven't heard of this concept before, it is attachment theory. Attachment theory comes from researcher John Bowlby in the 50s to 60s. Ongoing research went into it beyond that. But it's one of those things that looks at the idea that we have attachments to other people and our very early childhood attachments actually define how we have relationships and form attachments to other people now that we're adults. And that can feel really annoying because... We cannot do anything to change that early childhood. And by early childhood, we're talking about the first 18 months to two years being defined there. And then beyond that, it was being reinforced through your toddler years up to when you were a child going to school. And then even further beyond that, you would have started to become more conscious of those experiences and you might even have memories of them. You might even be able to think of some times as I talk in this episode about when you might have experienced that. Or you might just know what your caregivers were like. And caregivers instantly spring to mind your parents, but it isn't just your parents. It's anyone that was with you for a a lot of time when you were younger, that had an influence on you, that would have taken care of you at some point and should have been there to meet your needs as a baby, as a child that didn't know any better and couldn't fend for themselves. So any type of caregiver there. Now, this is not going to be a blame game. Yes, it happened and it was something that's out of your control. And it does come via the responses and the actions of other people. However, it would be wrong not to mention that those people were probably just always doing their best and doing what they thought was right. They probably didn't know anything about attachment theory and therefore weren't doing the things that didn't cause those issues later on. It's not anybody's fault but it is worth us being aware of. And it's all to do with these interactions and how they affect you later on. So if you are completely brand new to this concept, maybe you've seen some little mentions of it on my own Instagram feed or TikTok page, I've referred to it. Maybe you've looked at that and gone, what is that? What is she talking about when that happens? Now, my I don't know where my initial ideas came from on this. I think I was just researching myself and my behaviour and I stumbled across attachment theory. This is the book that generally gets mentioned quite a lot, which is attached by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller. It's probably going to feature in the Single Girls Book Club at some point because it has so much in it that to explore different scenarios, to look at and go, oh, look what's happening there. Essentially, there are four different types. Primarily, the population is between three, but there is a fourth of a very small percentage. You have secure, anxious, 
avoidant, and then there's fearful avoidant, also known as disorganized. That's our very smallest one that doesn't get a lot of attention because people don't often fit into that. This defines how you react to indifferent relationships. And we're going to be talking today about relationships in terms of romantic relationships in dating. Because it's one of the frustrations that we don't understand why men pull away, why they ghost maybe, or why when things seem to be going well, there's a pull away. And that's a very distinctive combination of two styles probably meeting there or at least definitely one. And that's not everybody's experience because your attachment style may be different and you might be the one that pulls away at times, who knows? But I'll go through the ideas of them. I'll talk about a couple of scenarios of how it could be impacting your dating life and also how to just be a little bit more aware of that because self-awareness is key in everything we do. If we go into things blindly and don't think about our behavior, what we're doing, the impact it's having, then it has repercussions that we might get frustrated at later and we wish we could have known about. Whereas if you go in with a little bit of knowledge about where you might sit within those categories and then you're a little bit more aware of that other people might be fitting into those categories and what they show within those, then you're better equipped to navigate dating, especially when it doesn't go right in the sense of you thought it was going to lead somewhere and it didn't. And you understand it's not about you. Because all of this comes from something that happened years and years and years ago. And unless someone is aware of it and someone is actively happy to do something about it, then that's not going to change easily. So let's talk about these. Secure. Those with a secure attachment are generally quite warm to one another and they don't fear anyone leaving. They are willing to put a commitment in and some time in and they realise that relationships have some element of work and they're happy to communicate about it. They don't take things personally. They're very comfortable in who they are. They're welcoming of others, and they know what makes a healthy relationship, and they won't take it if it's not. If something's not going right, they will communicate about it, they'll talk about it, and they may end things. And it is not because of you, but it is because it's not what they're looking for in a relationship, and they will do that without qualm they won't worry that it's going to look bad on them they're very secure in who they are and they have relationships around them other relationships not romantic per se that fill their cup up they know who they are and they know that a relationship fits nicely into their life they don't need too much and they don't give not enough they give the right amount they're kind of like your goldilocks right it's a little bit like the porridge isn't too hot porridge isn't too cold it's just right That doesn't mean that they don't have relationships without arguments, without difficulties, without work. But there is an element that they don't have to think about that potentially the other styles do. They, however, as secure people, might find themselves in relationships with these other people. And then being aware of those things means that they can understand the other person a bit more. And they can hopefully help to meet the needs of that person. Because your attachment style can change. It is possible to move from uh, an insecure attachment style to a more secure attachment style. That is possible, but it does require work. And sometimes it's going to be that some of that work happens as you date, as you go through relationships, whether they last very long or not. Whether it leads to self-awareness, so you suddenly become aware of the fact that you are like this and you're behaving like this and then you explore why. 
or it's just that you practice not responding in the way that you would have instinctively done so and you work on that you know that might within that end a relationship because you didn't quite get it right and that's okay because you're shifting into an attachment style that is unfamiliar to you your attachment style is comfortable to you it's it's what you've been used to for so long and chances are with an insecure attachment you've been attracting other insecure attachments that only reinforce your beliefs and fears and therefore it continues this cycle and you end up thinking like why does every guy do this why is it always like this why does it never change why do they never want me all of those frustrations could be coming from an attachment element so let's get on to anxious attachment styles traditionally these people might have been told that they were too clingy that they needed to they were too needy you're so needy it's possible that that is true. It's just unfortunate that we've kind of tainted that idea as being a problem when potentially this is just that, yeah, you do need a little bit more reassurance. There is a fine line because you can't be in constant contact with someone every day. And so you have to realise that if you have this kind of style where you worry that someone's going to leave you, it's always in the back of your mind and you know that you need reassurance in your love language which in my case would be like words of affirmation. I need to hear it. I need to know what's happening. Then you have to find where the balance is of this is my needs and I need you to help me with them. And this is too far. I'm asking for too much. Again, self-awareness, reading about it and communicating as a couple. There are going to be times when you push too far and there's going to be times where your date, your partner meets that but doesn't meet it all the time and sometimes that inconsistency for someone that's anxious will scream alarm bells because they did it last time why aren't they doing it now are they pulling away are they leaving oh the sudden panic you know that's the kind of thing that you have to understand that relationships don't stay the same we can't be constantly consistent all the time it's all about learning to trust another person and that does come through that person meeting some of your needs but it can't be just met by them it has to come from in here and from you and you have to build your life to support that so those with an anxious attachment are going to freak out they're the people that check the text message if it's been read when they were last online and the best move if you ever go through a breakup for someone with an anxious attachment style is to from the anxious attachment style person's perspective, is to cease all contact. All of it. Because you don't know where you stand and you become obsessed to some degree. You could become obsessed to some degree with checking what's going on. It's that possessiveness because it's that insecurity. And you fear being left. You fear being abandoned. Next, let's move on to your avoidance. So <clears throat> if you have an avoidant attachment style, the thought of your independence being compromised is the fear. So you can imagine what this is like if you are headed into a relationship because relationships require some level of you compromising your individual self. That doesn't mean you have to change who you are. But you're going to have to give up a bit of time. You're going to need to 
communicate, which is not necessarily an avoidance strong point. And you're going to need to tend to some of the needs of another person. They are very confident in themselves and they're very protective of who they are as individuals. They still crave and want intimacy. They're just scared of what it will mean to compromise some of what they know about themselves because they are very sure of themselves on their own. And so the opposite of anxious, they don't need you. They would like you. They would like a relationship, but they will avoid it at times. If things look like they're going well, that can be scary for them. In all of these insecure elements, it's fear. There is something that that person is scared about. And for anxious attachment, it's fear of being left, of being abandoned. And for avoidance, it's fear of their sense of self going. And if you're avoidant, the idea of talking through things is going to freak you out. Whereas an anxious person's, that's one way to create closeness. And sometimes the anxious avoidant pairing is one of the most challenging because they both push and pull each other the whole time. The anxious person won't bids for attention, which then compromises on the avoidant a little bit. The avoidant may or may not meet it. It may meet it once. Great. They feel like they've put themselves out there a little bit. The anxious person is then satisfied. But another bid is made later on and they don't want to meet it for whatever reason. And then that is perceived by those with an anxious style to be a pull away. And it's all this dynamic. And imagine this going on and you not knowing about it. You not having any idea that you're the one pulling away because someone's being too needy. Or that you are the one pushing for too much in that sense. Now it's very possible that those words there is that someone's being too needy and you're being too much. That means you're just not a good pairing. Because if you can't come to some sort of middle ground and compromise where both people are going to work on it and be aware, then it's not maybe the right pairing. There was a clip on TikTok of Matthew Hussey, which I can't remember the exact wording as ever with all of these quotes, but it essentially encouraged you to think about how that person made you feel. And if that person at that point in time, across a series of times, because a one-off, depending on the extremity, isn't how someone should be entirely judged. But if that person and their actions make you feel more and more worried, then maybe they aren't meeting your needs in the way that you need them to be met. And there could be a whole ton of self-work to do as well. Have you communicated about the needs you have, such as the need for space? Or the need for, I need a text message every couple of days. Or I need to know when I'm going to see you next. Whatever it might be. There's an onus on you to communicate it. But there's also an onus on you to make sure you're aware of if this isn't working. Because the tendency of an anxious avoidant person is that they will cling on to the relationship no matter what. So if an anxious person, anxious attachment style person matches with someone that's secure that could work depending on how far the secure person is able to work with that person with an anxious attachment style but chances are that anxious attachment person is not going to leave very soon it will be down to the secure person to realize if it's not working in a healthy way if an avoidance with a secure again the same kind of thing an avoidant 
will probably walk away if the secure attachment asks for too much. Now, the securely attached person is probably asking for things that are quite reasonable. But depending on how far avoidant someone is and how unaware of it they are, they might not be able to be accepted by that person with the secure attachment because the secure attachment person's going, this is just a normal part of a relationship to want to spend time together put things in the diary and to talk about things when they're not going right. And that kind of, I don't want to talk about my emotions from an avoidant might push that away. And so someone that's confident and secure in themselves and their attachment style will walk away from that scenario. Lastly, you've got fearful avoidant, which is a combination of both anxious and avoidant. This one gets the least attention because the percentages are lowest from what I was reading, there's about one to 5% of the population fall into this category. 50% are secure, around 20% or so are anxious, and then 23 to 25% are avoidant. So you can see a nice weighting, strong weighting there towards secure attachments, about a quarter to a fifth of your anxious and your avoidance, and then you've got fearful avoidant one to 5%. Now, I don't know so much about this one per se, and there's less stuff written about it because I think it's harder to identify. That's the impression I get. I wonder if if you do like an online quiz to find out your attachment style, and you can have different attachment styles with different people, then I think it's harder to spot this one because it changes. It might be that it's you're determined by what your last relationship was, but you've been different ones at different times maybe. So I know least about that one, but you can have a slightly negative outlook at the world because you expect rejection and disappointment in both ways. So someone with an anxious attachment style is worried about being abandoned. Those with an avoidant attachment style don't want their life compromised. They fear rejection. So not abandoned, not, not being left because they're fine on their own. They, they don't like rejection. So then if you have a fearful avoidant attachment style, you kind of fear a little bit of both at times. And so it's very hard to see that kind of positive. I'm not going to go into the depths of that one because I don't have that knowledge for you yet. But if you think that that could be you, then I advise that you have a little look, research it. Maybe there's some more stuff in this because I haven't fully finished it. It's a book that I've dipped in and out of based on relationships that I've been going through. And I've wanted to kind of understand and see what's going on from this perspective. And so how does this all feed in? Well, obviously, I've given you some examples in general about how some dynamics can work. And when you think when something seems to be going well, but someone doesn't want to commit to you, have you just encountered an avoidant? It's possible that you're asking early if you have an anxious attachment style, or maybe you're just secure and you're like, hey, look, I know this isn't perfect yet, but I'd really like to be exclusive because that's going to give me the confidence that we're working on something together. Or it's going to give me the reassurance as an anxiously attached person that I want to be able to trust you with this. I want to make sure it's exclusive. Uh, I don't want to get hurt. And that's an element within that. So it's just being aware of some of the interactions. Doesn't mean you need to go around labeling everybody all the time, but it's worth being aware of those kind of behaviors. Now, the other thing that this really impacts is potentially dating. If you're listening to this, I anticipate you're in your 20s to 30s. And around you, people have been getting coupled up. People have also broken up, got married, divorced and everything in between. But those with a secure attachment style 
are probably in a relationship. That doesn't mean they all are. That doesn't mean it's the right relationship for them. However, the odds are increased. If you have a secure attachment style, chances are you're in a secure relationship or you are in a relationship with someone that has an insecure attachment style, but it's been worked on enough potentially. There are obviously relationships that aren't going well here either. And so securely attached people could be in relationships right now that are on their way to breaking up. You know, it, there's lots of different dynamics here, but that's probably what's happened because if you find someone that it works with, then you stick with them and you've been able to learn how to grow together. That doesn't mean differences won't occur. If you are anxious or avoidant, you might have found yourself in a relationship with a secure. So you too are in a relationship. However, there are going to be people that are more anxious or more avoidant that those didn't work out for there. And so they're back in the dating pool. You'll also find that more anxiously attached people are in relationships because, as mentioned previously, they aren't going to leave even if it's not a great relationship. It's much harder for them to leave because they will be on their own, at least for a period of time. And that fills them with fear. Whereas an anxiously attached person doesn't worry about that. So you'll find that some anxious people are in relationships, so there's less of them about, but it's possible that they are still single. Your avoidance are going to be a good chunk of your dating pool numbers. Now that isn't the biggest problem. It's a problem if you're not aware of it and it's a problem if you are anxious and find yourself always going back to an avoidant in different forms, in, in different men, people, because that to you is probably familiar. The reason that you have an anxious attachment style is because someone was inconsistent. Your needs weren't fully met when you were a baby. And so that is exactly what an avoidant does. They're fantastic at it. And you, to you, that is familiar. So it makes sense. So it's that element of being aware in dating that there could be so many different things at play that you don't know about. And that person might not know about either. I do not suggest that you start telling that person that they have an avoidant or anxious attachment style. It's just worth looking at the behaviours, being aware of the behaviours and understanding how that might impact your dating experiences. Avoidance love, 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 love communication via text message because they don't have to talk about it and they don't want to express and talk about things anyway. But if they're going to do it, it's easiest over text message. So they like a dating app. Of course they do. Because that means they can think about what they say. Uh, and they're not pressured in the moment to communicate in person. It's hard. It's hard if you have an avoidant attachment style. And you might not feel connected to your feelings. It all depends on how aware you are. And it depends on how aware the other person is. Next time that you're dating and something doesn't work out, maybe it's down to this. Maybe the reason that person pulled away is because they're scared of what it means. You can't make them realise that. That's never going to happen. That's never going to work well. They have to realise that from themselves at some point. But in that moment, you have to realise that the reason 
that it's not working and that they're walking away and that you find this difficult might be that your attachment style is triggering the fear in you. Or you might just realize that the person is not right for you, that they are too much or they're not enough. And that you've got to find someone that meets your needs. It doesn't matter if the need is time and freedom. It doesn't matter if the need is reassurance. It's a need that you have within a relationship. Amongst all the other things that you want in a relationship. Have things in common. Go on adventures. Have fun. Etc. This is just one aspect of it. And this is kind of one of the early ones that you can look at and see within, I would say, a month or two. You can suss this out by alongside everything else so next time you're dating chatting to a few people on dating apps and things are starting to progress keep this in mind it's not worth panicking about but it is worth communicating about and being aware of your own attachment style and keeping a lookout for that of any others i hope that's given you something to use as you navigate dating in your single life and until next time keep thriving